You are listening to episode 166 of Game Deflators Podcast. My name's John, and I'm joined by Ryan. Hey, everybody here at the Game Deflators Podcast. We like to talk about games we've recently picked up, games we're currently playing, and we dug too deep and too greedily in today's Inflation Deflation Challenge. So uh, this week we played a little bit of Deep Rock Galactic, uh, which is basically space mining dwarves. Yeah, dude, this this was awesome. I actually I'd heard about this a while ago when I got on Game Pass and was trying to hook up with my friends and find something we could all play. They were like, oh, this is one of those games. And then, of course, the Game Pass compatibility was not exactly what I was expecting. But, you know, hey, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, we got so, to play uh, it today, me and John, and it's yeah. it's on PS Plus this month, so you can't beat free, baby. Uh, I guess you can't in this case. Uh, it, it was pretty interesting. We'll talk a little bit more. No, about literally, it. I I don't think that most free games have an end to them, so I don't think you can beat free. Oh, oh, I see what you did there. I see what you did. Um, yeah. So as Ryan said, it's on PlayStation Plus for the month, and coincidentally, that's my pickups this week. Yeah, so, me too. Yeah, <laughs> I wrote Nada, but I'm changing that. Yeah, that I was, mark there. I was going to edit. I got the Persona game and and this one. I I don't know what that that car one is, but it's not Forza, so it doesn't matter. Uh, it was Dirt Five, I think. Oh, I've actually heard that that one's pretty good. I I just add, dude. I've missed like the last three months of PlayStation Plus games because they just haven't dude, been you downloaded. Haven't missed them. anything? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that's true. I've heard that they're pretty garbage the last like few months, anyways. Um, we'll get into some more of that PS Plus goodness. Today, uh, yeah, maybe, John, we should. We should. Uh, I guess I'll just go over what we're going to talk about today while we're at it. Uh, so we're going to talk about Sony denying the increased production of PS4 consoles to deal with the PS5 shortage. Uh, there has been a patent filed, apparently, on backwards compatibility, and there's this crazy frenzy around it. But is that a reach? New Mario games uh, leaked by a uh, prominent Nintendo leaker are giving Nintendo GameCube fans hope. And then Persona 4 could be released on a Nintendo Switch in 2022. So we'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, But of course, pickups. You said you picked up PlayStation Plus games for the month. I picked up PlayStation Plus games for the month. I also coincidentally picked up a few Magic cards and won a tournament this week. So that was pretty cool. I actually did get some Magic cards in the mail yesterday. I got my last two Go Blanks and an Inscription of Ruin. Inscription of Ruin. Nice. I run Inscription of Abundance in my deck. And if there's anything you need, Ryan, because after winning that tournament, I got a booster Dude, box. I could have the full meat hook bonanza now that you have two of them, and I, I have, do two have two of them. Oh, yeah, you do. You do. Yeah, so we could totally uh, totally do that. And if I ever decide to run mono black and you want to run mono green, we can always swap off at tournaments. That'd be Swappy fun. Swappy doppy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I got a booster box for my winnings, which was kind of nice. So I paid 25 bucks. So uh, shout out to uh, Baxter's Games out in the Santan area. Um, so pretty good tournament. We only had about seven people that showed up, but it was a lot of fun. Um, I've been there once. It was uh, a lot nicer than what I was expecting. Like it's kind of in the middle of nowhere, but yeah. it was like it, it's got, you know, you ever walk into a game store and it's like, wow, you know, this feels like. Like, like a, a game, game store. store, like it's got that kind of lived in, you know, like this is like a place that's been around and people have had a lot of fun in here. Yeah, I mean, they got a pretty good scene there for uh, Warhammer. 
and big Yu-Gi-Oh scene. Actually, it's kind of shocking, like how many Yu-Gi-Oh players I see there uh, whenever I play out in that area. Uh, and then, of course, the Magic Tournament, we only had about seven people, but that, that's fine. They have a great selection of D&D minis, so that's pretty cool. And then they have all the paints that you could, you know, ever want. And, and dude, they're singles. They actually have quite a bit of singles over there. The only downside I found with them is that, like, a lot of their sealed product tends to be priced a little higher than most places, which is unfortunate. Uh, so I tend to not go there for sealed stuff, but I've picked up singles and D&D supplies and whatnot over there pretty consistently. And of course, play tournaments whenever I can out in that area. Uh, but yeah, it was a lot of fun, dude. So I actually popped open my promo pack that I got for entry and I pulled out a meat hook and yeah. that's, you know, 40 bucks. So that wasn't bad at all. That made up for the tournament right off the bat. And then of course, you know, getting the full booster box was cool too. Uh, so yeah, definitely check them out uh, if you're in that area and lots of good singles. So they got dual lands and stuff there too. So that's kind of cool. Um, as far as currently playing this week, I have been, Apex train. I've been playing Apex. I, dude, dude it's what's like, that like these days? Like, it's been so long. Like, I mean, we were both like pretty hype into it for a while. And then I dropped off once I got my job last year. And then you've kept playing. So it's like you've seen a lot more of that seasonal like evolution throughout. Like, have you I forget. Did you like invest in the game pass? And then you've been like just turning that by winning the game pass to buy the next game pass and stuff like that. No, I've been doing ranked arenas. So I I found a lot more fun in arenas versus like the whole battle Royale, like trios Mm -hmm. type deal. So, you know, with the battle Royale trios, once you're out, you're out and that's it. You know, like it's not a whole lot of fun. You got to go back to the screen. You got to wait to be queued in. You got to join a new team. And then there's a chance that you're like, you know, in a match for a minute, there's a chance you're in it for 20 minutes and you don't win anything and nothing happens. So I found with arenas, it's just like, there's more gameplay tied to it. So it's not like it's easier by any means. Like sometimes it could be harder. I feel in battle Royale. Cause like battle Royale, you can scrounge around and pick crap up and, you know, go behind teams and kill them and then kill the other team. So there's a lot of elements in battle Royale that make that kind of easier, but it's just such a longer game. Whereas like, um, with the uh, the other one, I can just kind of jump in like in arenas and we could spend five minutes in a match and we're done. Like, mm-hmm. and we win and we're good. Or we could go in and we can lose three in a row and we're done. So uh, I've been playing a lot actually with Justin. So he and I have been playing, God, I've been playing for really the last couple months I've been playing Apex Legends for the most part. I just don't talk about the podcast that often. Um, but we've been playing a lot more arenas and it's just fun, dude. Like I've been using the bow a lot more. Uh, there's a lot more different maps that they've been including in arenas and just a three on three aspect makes it a lot of fun for me. Nice. So yeah, that's what we've been doing and um, getting a lot better, man. Like last night we had a great match where I was playing lifeline and Justin was playing fuse and just grenading the hell out of people. So I was just guns blazing with lifeline, which is something you really shouldn't be doing in that game is trying to go up in the thick of things with her. But you know, that's how I play when I play her, which is odd because when I play more of like the tank type of players that are supposed to have more life, but have like a bigger hitbox, I tend to play a little like further behind, but when I'm with lifeline, I'm like right in the thick of it all the hmm. time. So it's just odd that I play those two like reversed. Uh, but that that's really what I've been doing, man. That's about it this week. I'm hoping to get back into tomb Raider um, later in the week. And Oh, D and D finally again this week or today, actually we're doing an eight hour session damn good luck with so, that yeah so we're doing joel's campaign for four hours and we're jumping into mine for four hours oh man that's gonna be such a hard turn 
Dude, it's gonna be brutal. And like, I haven't finished planning all my stuff yet. So like, as soon as I finish recording with you today, I gotta run the grocery store, get some stuff for lunch, and then finish up my planning uh, for the uh, the session. So we're starting at like one, and we're going to like nine. Wow, it's gonna That's be a lot insane. of D and I will let you know. But we haven't played in a month, so we're like, all right, let's just do both. You guys our have a good time though. Yeah, it'll be fun. Like, it's just sitting for a very long period of time. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of what kills it. But yeah, as long as I get up every now and then, we'll be good. Uh, what did you end up playing this week? So I was home all week. And while I was working from home, in the background, um, you know, between calls and especially like in the mornings and after work, man, dude, it was AGDQ this week. So... I watched a ton of good games done quick. I think they got over 2 million for charity. I missed like the actual end of the stream and everything. Uh, but there were some really cool runs. Uh, lots of great people getting together for a really great event. Very inspiring again. Like this was my first time seeing it like live in person or live. So it was, uh, it was cool. It definitely makes me want to take a look at speed running maybe sometime this year. Um, it did get me to take a step away from hell. So I, I rotated just slightly from Dante's Inferno and I was taking a stroll back through Hades. Uh, so I've been having some fun with that a little bit yesterday and the day before. Um, I hadn't played Hades in a while, so it's fun to jump back in. Um, it kind of inspired by what they were doing this week and, and just trying to have some fun. And nice. I will get back to Dante's probably this week, I'm thinking. How far are you in that game? Not far. Not Maybe far. Maybe like two hours. Oh, I mean, it's kind of far for that game. Isn't it like a 10-hour game? Okay, maybe not two hours then. Maybe maybe I played for two hours, but maybe it wasn't. I don't know. I don't know. Let's, let's see. Uh, my favorite website, how long to beat Dante's Inferno? I'm going to say 12 hours, 16 hours. You think 12, 16 hours? It is actually about eight hours. So, Ryan, wow. you are about a quarter way through the game. Okay, oh, so I changed my mind. I'm just going to stop playing this, and I'll call you guys on Thanksgiving. Now, hold on, though. Completion, <laughs> completionist, though, is 16 hours. So uh, main plus extras is nine. So this is about eight hours for the main storyline, which is about right for a game like that. Yeah. So I think that's pretty good. I mean, dude, if you knock that out early on, that'll be sweet. And then I've, of course, got two Zelda games that I got to play. Zelda. I'm actually pretty excited about that. So I'll get started on those pretty soon. I um I haven't been playing uh, Ghost of a Tale, which I really need to get back into. As soon as I start playing that, like hopefully that picks up for me again. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I can move into Zelda, but I got all year, right? That's, that's all usually year, baby. All year to play it. So, all right. Well, before we jump into the articles, of course, you can find our podcast on all of those great podcast applications, including Good Pods. Um, so check us out there. Find us on social media at The Game Deflators on Instagram and Twitter and at Game Deflators. No, at Game Deflators on Twitter, at The Game Deflators on Instagram and Facebook. I don't know how I messed that one up after 160 something episodes. Hey, it's cool. It is cool because you can also find us on TheGameDeflators.com. All right. First article here that we're going to talk about uh, is Sony denies increasing PS4 production to deal with the PlayStation 5 shortage. And this is Hyperbeast, and it's uh, Heisen Ho at Hyperbeast. Hypebeast. 
So I saw this earlier in the week and a lot of people were laughing about it and are like, oh, well, PS4 production is, you know, being increased. Like, why don't they just make more PS5s? Like, this makes no sense. So, They're different. Exactly. Like, it's different components. Like, one chip shortage might not be a chip shortage for another console. So there's that component, different parts all together. Now you have like your core materials. Like I think they have like aluminum in these things uh, that might be needed. Copper wiring, all that type of stuff is, you know, maybe Reasonable. short and, and can be used on multiple consoles. But, you know, your chips and all of that are going to be different for the most part. Um, so that would be one reason. And the other reason which this article covers is Sony never said they weren't going to be making PS4s this year. So they're just you know they're continuing on to production of the console and they've denied the fact that they're they believe in generations it. yeah well with they, every action that they've made since they made that statement <laughs> yeah i know right they believe in generations uh we but yeah, in so, generations not so this sound, time it sounds like they are not increasing the amount of playstation 4s produced to try and make up for the shortage and i mean realistically when you think about it like part of a shortage too is like the supply chain constraints of bringing the consoles here i would imagine so, I mean, when you got boats docked over in like California and whatnot, they can't bring stuff in. Like, what are you going to do? You know, um, I, I heard about this earlier this week too. And I did hear that like Xbox, they've already stopped. Like that already happened like six months ago. They stopped making Xbox ones, but Xbox one was like their poorest performing console generation ever. So, I mean, that makes sense. Plus like a brand new Xbox one was going for what the series is going for, but the series obviously is all digital and they would much rather you invest in the all digital next generation than the physical previous generation. But like, so Xbox kind of has that advantage where they're leaving that behind and they're fully going into the new world now. And I mean, they've got a whole different model. Now we'll talk a little bit more about how PS is trying to lean into that model. Um, but like as far as ramping up production, like I guess that didn't make sense. Like it didn't make sense to make more PS4s because like there's already so many. And especially the secondary market for the PS4s is probably bigger now. Uh, that people are getting their hands on those PS5s and getting rid of those. But, like, there's still so much PS4 stuff that's going to happen because yeah. they're not dumping it yet, which they, I guess, in all fairness, don't, you know, just dump and run right away ever, like on any of the previous generations. But it's like, I feel like people think of God of War as like a PS5 game because it's going to come out on PS5 uh, undoubtedly, but it's going to be a PS4 game. It's probably should be like the best PS4 game ever. So it's like there, I'm probably going to get it on PS4 because I don't plan on getting a PS5 for a couple of years and I don't want to miss out on that. So it's like, I'm, I'm all on board for this generation of Sony still and still getting that support and probably even still getting some of these other things because I'm not likely inclined to buy as many games on my series S because I'm being very conscious of like, this is my game pass machine. Like I don't want to, the idea of having it is to have access to a bunch of different games for that and to not be spending that money on more digital purchases that are being gated away like i'm cool with it on my switch because i take my switch with me everywhere but like you know once i get a ps5 the frequency with which i'm going to use the series s is probably going to be vastly diminished well you can loan it to me so i can play senua 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of like, it's a great little console. Like, I, I definitely think that, you know, in light of how much we're learning about like how trends are going, I feel like a lot of people are thinking, you know, the same kind of things that I'm thinking this generation. Yeah, and I'm actually intending on buying a PlayStation 5 this year at some point, um, a disc version, if I can get my hands on one. I just haven't, obviously, like everybody else, I have struggled to see one in person uh, outside of like the demo station that they have in the store. So uh, my hope is I could just go to Best Buy during one of these like upcoming pickups and maybe pick up a, a disc version because uh, I'm actually going to be done paying off my phone, uh, which I had like a six month credit on or something. So once that's over, it's like, well, you know, let me buy the next thing that I would typically put with that money that I usually set aside for big purchases like that. So we will see. But I, I really want to play some um, uh, some Elden Ring. And the only way to do that. See, that's me, the one thing that I might break on. Because uh, I'm going to wait and see what DF Retro comes out with. I mean, I've already seen their review of like the beta test and everything that was out. I'm pretty confident in just picking it up on the Xbox. Yeah. Because I don't think that I really... I think it'll be a better experience than it will be on the PS4 Pro. Yeah, I'm actually looking right now. I'm kind of curious, like where anywhere is dropping PlayStation 5s. It looks like Best Buy had a surprise drop there happened on the 5th. And Walmart had a restock that occurred online on the 13th. And then it looks like GameStop did one yesterday. So or two days ago. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, it looks like when they can. Yeah, it looks like more and more restocks are occurring, uh, which is nice. And I have seen online like the scalper prices have dropped a bit down to like the 700 range uh, versus what they were before. So I think that might be an indication that there's more and more consoles being put out in the market. People are picking them up, which means we should hopefully very soon begin to see things kind of, you know, become available in store, hopefully. Yeah, I I don't anticipate being able to just walk in and randomly find a PS5 anytime soon. I am going to be curious as to when that will happen with the OLED, though. Uh, I, Yeah, I haven't seen OLED either. Because, I mean, it's so hard. Like, sometimes, you know, I remember when they were like, hey, remember all those Animal Crossing switches we found? And then they were just out and you could go to Target and I saw them there all the time for a while. And yeah. then it's like once the holidays hit, man, they don't even have a damn switch light in there anymore. The thing that just frustrates me about this whole restock problem is like the the biggest issue has been bought some people not being able to get their hands on it. And yet these retailers like Walmart are saying, oh, well, guess what? You could pay like 50 bucks a year or whatever it is to have like our special Walmart pass kind of similar yeah. to like Amazon. Mm -hmm. And you'll have access to get this item like online. It's like, why be douchebags? Like just put it in store and then limit it to one per person. Like I, I get what they're doing and it's ridiculous that they're utilizing a shortage to try and push another item that they are selling. Like yeah. it's just, it's BS. And so like, I won't support, like I'm refusing to buy from Walmart for this one, uh, this console specifically because of that and GameStop. I'm refusing you show to buy them, from, John, I will show them. And then GameStop I'm refusing because they continue to bundle it. So they're forcing you to buy like a controller and several games along with the console. And I know why they're doing it. it's in a way to protect, you know, the ability to like not sell the bots. But at the same time, now you're forcing me as a consumer to purchase more than I actually want to purchase. Yeah. Uh, which is messed up as well. 
So, uh, but hopefully we see some things kind of clean up for the supply chain and the overall availability of these consoles moving forward. And the bots. And, uh, and if you see more PlayStation 4s uh, in person randomly because it looks like they've ramped up production, let us know on social media. All right, so our next article here is uh, New Mario Games Leak, giving Nintendo GameCube fans hope. And this is Tyler Fisher at comicbook.com. Uh, Ryan, I'm sure you got some thoughts around this one if you want to kick this one off. Yeah, so, I mean, we played some Mario Strikers um, a while ago, and it was fun. I, I know that it's a really beloved, you know, franchise from before, and they haven't gotten any new games in a long time. So what they're saying is that, you know, with these rumors of a new uh, Mario Odyssey 2 coming out, and then also some other sports title, we've seen a new tennis title, we've seen a new golf title, both on Switch. And unfortunately, both of them have gotten pretty lackluster responses. Like, uh, I thought that the new, like, Super Rush golf boat, it looked like a ton of fun in the trailer. But then once people got it in their hands, they were like, yeah, but like, on a wide open golf course, like you don't really, you're not going to bump into people like this is an interesting mechanic, but not well implemented. So I think that there's a lot of excitement for Mario sports titles that has gone unfulfilled and getting a new strikers game would absolutely light people up. At least they're saying, you know, like way more than a new baseball game would. And see, I'm a little different on that because I would love to get a new baseball game. Because we only had the one on GameCube, whereas with Strikers, we had GameCube and, uh, or no, I guess we had the Wii version too. There was a baseball game on Wii as well. I always forget about that one. Although that one wasn't like, I don't know, it wasn't like widely uh, marketed. Like I, I think that Mario Baseball has a lot of potential, but I just think that the interactivity is the lowest among like the other sports games. Like, I, I feel like baseball is a very hurry up and wait kind of game. And then all these others are like running constant action and movement. Yeah. And I think that this, I guess not golf, but they tried to implement more action into golf. They did. And golf is one of those games that's been with Nintendo for years and years and years. So they're always going to support that. Whereas baseball, not so much, apparently. Um, but yeah, I would agree with you. I, another Mario basketball game would be good, though, because I think we only had the three on three hoops that was on. Uh, the DS, I think, or 3DS, and that was it. I don't recall there ever being another basketball game, unless it was in a sports mix, which it might be. We should actually play that at some point, the sports okay. mix on the Wii, because uh, I def I do have that one. Um, but yeah, I you know what would get me excited is if Nintendo decided to release like a triple pack or four pack with all of the GameCube sports games, because they were just yeah. so good uh, during that era. Like I absolutely love every single one of those games. And would like, like, like maybe instead of like so, uh, uh, Super honestly, Mario, that, that's really all I have for this one. Um, you know, I, I think it's always interesting when you can hear about leaks with different games coming out. Uh, sports games, I don't think get everybody as excited, given that like every generation, there's always several sports games released. For some okay, strange we reason. just had a connection thing. Oh, no, you're good. I, I was still under talking, so okay. <laughs> you're all good. Yeah, stupid internet, right? <laughs> okay, uh, the next thing that we have here is rumors of persona 4 golden uh being released on the nintendo switch in 2022 uh liam doolin nintendo life uh we covered tyler fisher and liam doolin a lot so like we must really like their articles we should have i mean it's on. probably just your algorithm <laughs> maybe i don't know dude like i i go deep into google to find articles sometimes and 
somehow I always pop out with them. So yeah, like usually I'll find an article, I'll read about it, go into it and be like, all right, this is, sounds cool. I'll share it with Ryan. And then that's what we talk about. But, so yeah, in this one, uh, this is coming from leaker Nate the Hate. Nate the Hate is good friends with John Spawnwave. And I listen to Spawncast every day, basically, or Spawnwave news every morning. That's where I get most of my gaming stuff throughout the week. Yeah. But um, so I did hear about this. And I do think that it would be great for people to have Persona 4 Golden on their new modern mobile gaming. You know, it was a big Vita title. Now people are all about carrying the Switch. So put it on the Switch so people have that to go. And it's it's always great to see an awesome game that I'll never finish on a new platform. So I think it's interesting, uh, you know, that they're, the model in which they're going with these games, like Persona 4 being that title, you know, Shin Megami Tensei, I guess it would be five technically hitting the Switch a while back. Like, I would like to see them. And that was a Switch exclusive, right? Mm, I don't remember, dude. I think it is. It's not one of my favorite series, but I would like to see them put like Persona 1, 2, and 3 on these consoles. Like make those accessible. They've had so much success porting it over to PC and putting it on Steam. So, you know, I mean, I think that I think I saw or maybe we even talked about like, you know, they've got a lot of plans this year. They could do a lot this year for Persona. Uh, Ultimately, probably, you know, in this article is saying leading up to a Persona 6 announcement, you know, maybe in September. Um, Well, well, a lot. I think you're right. Put all those other old games, put those on the Switch, too. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. They're Although, doing all those ports of all the classic Final Fantasies over right now. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I agree with you. It'd be nice to have... And some of those games are expensive. Like, Persona 1 is like 400 bucks or something. And Persona 2 is even worse, I believe. I think that one's like 400 as well, or maybe a little more. But, I mean, I, I haven't looked at it recently. But, you know, if the way things are, it wouldn't surprise me. Um... As far as this game is concerned, though, a lot of people are calling BS because nothing's been announced for like even the PS4 or PS5. So if nothing's being announced to port it over there, they likely wouldn't be porting it over to the Switch yet. It would probably have some sort of announcement on the PS4 or PS5 before that. Or maybe it'll just go multi-plat with a release. Maybe, but that's the thing. Like there hasn't been any sort of announcement on these other consoles so this rumor right now is only exclusively Nintendo. So until we see, you know, an announcement that's going on like the PS4, PS5, we're likely, I would say this rumor could be buried for the most part. Mm-hmm. And I think we've been talking about this one for like a year. I want to say we mentioned this last year that Persona was going to be hitting the uh, the Nintendo Switch. And by last I mean, year, I mean like three weeks ago. Rumor has it. Yeah, rumor has it, man. Uh, well, look, I haven't played all of the Persona games. Um, and in fact, I don't even think I played any of the Persona games, even though I own most of them. Uh, it's a series I definitely want to get into. Does this excite me? Not necessarily. But I do think that putting, like I said, the older games on the Switch itself would probably reinvigorate me to want to play these games mm-hmm. uh, versus having to spend the money for a PlayStation 1 version or having to you know, go through like a digital buy of some sort. Like it's yeah. just not I wonder if I would have been more driven to play this had it been on Switch rather than on Vita. Because I love the Vita, but you know, it just it wasn't enough to push me to to go through and finish it. Well, and it's more of the accessibility of some of these games too. Like 
I want to play the Dragon Quest series, but for that, I'm going to have to either play like the mobile versions that have been put onto the Switch through Play Asia or play the originals. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you have the Nintendo DS games, which I think I'm missing one of them, but they're like damn near impossible to find unless you want to spend like 80, 90 bucks on a loose copy. Yeah. So um, I think accessibility is a, a big component of this. And, you know, I think we'll see more of that in the, in the upcoming generations, more so than we are now, which is kind of nice. All right. Uh, jumping into our inflation deflation for this week, uh, we played Deep Rock Galactic, which honestly, dude, sounds like a publisher name <laughs> when you think <laughs> about it. Uh, but it was developed by Ghost Ship Games, and it was published by Coffee Stain Publishing. It was released in May of 2020, uh, and then in January of this year, it was on the uh, PlayStation 4 plus the PlayStation 5. Uh, so my initial impressions of this, uh, which, by the way, is a first-person shooter mining game, kind of odd uh but my impressions are it was actually fairly cool i just don't like the whole you know season mechanic and buying all of these extra items and skins and i'm just not a a huge fan of that type of stuff for a game like this this to me felt like a great game that if it was online you know and you had the ability to do missions with your friends online and that was it but you had like a base game that you played with a ton of missions and like extra dlc you could buy cool but like i there's something about it man like buying crystals and it kind of feels like a mobile game to me versus like a traditional first person shooter i i I don't know did you get that kind of impression while looking at like the overall like just all of the stuff that you're presented to like did you explore in the the like bar area and all that stuff no no, I just did the tutorial and I just did that first mission. So I didn't really look around and see all that stuff. Like I figured this game would definitely have like cosmetics and stuff like that. And I mean, for the most part, like I'm always usually cool with that, especially in a game where, I mean, you don't really see yourself. Like this is a game that like you're not online in like big servers going through like the world showing off your armor and stuff. This is a game where it's like, Oh, I want my guy to look cool so that when I'm hanging out with my friends and we're playing this, I look kind of cool. And like, you're just going through tunnels, digging, shooting. Like I like the, uh, those kind of mechanics. I think it would be cool to get further into this and see like, you know, I'm sure there's lots of cool like item upgrades and different weapons to get and armor and stuff. I, I think this would be a game that would be a lot of fun if I had some people to play it with. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like I don't other than maybe you, I don't know any of my other friends that would want to play this game right now. Um, And I mean, maybe Joel would be interested in something like this, but I'm just not a big fan of like the servers and missions and having to collect things on like a day to day basis. And, you know, I don't, I want to be able to pick up a game, play it for a bit and put it back down. And that's it. Like, I don't want it to be tedious. Kind of like Animal you don't want Crossing. a lifestyle game. Yeah. And that's kind of how like Animal Crossing is and why I don't get into it. Because I don't want to have to continually go in and log in and have to do my piece. Every it's single fun day. for a while. And then it gets monotonous after a while. Like, I can't yeah. believe Barry still goes to his v- town every day. Like, that's like <laughs> that's a committed town person dude i'm sure there's lots of people out there that just live for that kind of thing but like you said like i could do it for like a month yeah and then i'm out to do something new a berry's town is probably a country now it's the country of berry currency right yeah like that's (laughs) i would love to see his he has to take some pictures for us of his animal crossing town i'm sure Um, probably somewhere 
But yeah, like I know Joel plays like Warframe. He does Neverwinter and he does a couple yeah, other games. Yeah, I talked to Joel about Warframe before and, and yeah. <laughs> he's he's always trying to get me interested in it since we talked about it a couple times. But it's just like, see, games like that are the same as like um, Final Fantasy 15 or yeah. 14. Yeah. Uh, everybody talks about how good that is, especially with like the new DLC and stuff that just came out. But it's like, God, I just don't have a thousand hours to play that game and that's where i'm at it's nothing against anybody that does it that has a time no, and, and can dedicate I'm so that, happy for them that they've gotten that experience but I just, the fact that they've been able to deal it out over that amount of time and we're smart about keeping up with it like that's a commendable thing yeah i just can't dude i have so many extracurricular things i'm doing on a day-to-day basis that there's just no way like I wouldn't be able to play anything else. Cause I'd be so committed to like that, those one or two games, I would never play anything else personally. Uh, and that's just how I am. Like, you know, I'm doing magic. I do the podcast stuff with you, of course, and then uh, work kind of jumps in and anything else I've got going on in life. I just, it's hard to balance. So like if somebody's able to balance that, like kudos to them. Um, and I'm sure it's a ton of fun, but this is one of those that while I think the game is actually a lot of fun and what we did, uh, so Ryan and I pretty much did a bunch of mining. We had a bunch of creatures in the mine uh, coming out and attacking us. So uh, we had the just guns blazing and grenades being thrown, uh, fend off as many enemies as possible. And of course, at one point, Ryan ran out of ammo. So he's like, I ran out of ammo forever and we had no idea how to reload. Yeah. So he's like, oh, oh, there's a dropship ability. OK, cool. I'm like, well, I'm happy I mined whatever mineral we needed. Yeah. At some point earlier. Uh, cause he ran off and I'm like, Oh, well, let's just mine this just in case. And yeah, I ran right be... past it. I was like ammo. I've got ammo. Yeah. So it happened to be what we needed. And luckily I mined a bunch of that. So we were like good to go. Um, but yeah, so I mean, the overall concept is you're a dwarf, you're mining, you have a mission and they say, Hey, we need you to go mine X amount of this. And we need you to like kill whatever creatures in this mine. And you have a little drone that follows you around. And he's like a little drop container. So like you can call the drone over and, you can only carry so much ore on you at a time and it's cool like you pick up gold and stuff that you can use to like buy different items so there's that elements um i'm sure there's a hell of a lot that we missed in even like those little areas like i'm sure there's little easter eggs of or not easter eggs necessarily but like little hidden types of like legendary materials that you can mine i'm sure and we just didn't get that far yeah Um, i think the uh the like escape mechanic so once you like fulfill your quota or whatever and then it's like okay now you've got five minutes to get out of here and the monsters are coming and you've got to follow your little mule guy back up to the surface the way you dug down so it's like you're getting to see all your tunnels and stuff in reverse yeah Uh, i do like the uh the scope thing where like you pull up the map and it has like this old school 3d type of like computerized scope where you're like looking around and you can see the tunnels that are existing and what's already mapped out I think the um, the overall like aesthetic of everything I like. I mean, it's it's kind of that low poly graphics, but like done in uh, a deliberate, artful way. I think you know games where you can have fully destructible environments. You need to be able to have, you know, uh, not everybody can get away with the Minecraft look. So it's like the world was like believably destroyable and like getting around wasn't like a pain. Like sometimes you'd have to like, you know, pickaxe around to make sure that you're not hitting your head trying to get through a tunnel or something. But for the most part, it was pretty easy to get what you needed to get. 
it did to me feel like something, you know, what Minecraft should be. You know, I, I love the graphics on this game, actually. And, you know, when you look at Minecraft, it's got that pixelated, blocky look and you're mining stuff. I mean, that, that, the thing that we're all used to. This just, to me, felt more realistic. Mm-hmm. And I think if Minecraft was something like this, I might be more inclined to play Minecraft if it was something yeah. like this. But it's not. So I'm, I'm not going to play it. Um, but, you know, overall reception of this game has been uh, pretty good. It's around an 8.5 average score. And it's sold over 3 million copies at this point. Uh, just my thing This is with their it, first game as a yeah. studio. And they did, like, the the steam green light thing i think for like early access for a couple years so that they could get a ton of feedback and and really get this going so like when i first heard about this my friends said that it had like really good reviews online and, and it was really well received so it's always nice to hear a success of one of those you know because mm-hmm. so many games go into those early access and it's just a way to like scam money from people so i, I love when a studio can really have a successful first launch like whatever they do next i'm really excited to see because i'm sure that they'll you know keep mining this for a while but i'm sure they'll come up with something really cool one day yeah uh, my thing is you know you're obviously paying you know 30 bucks right now on steam for this or you can get it for free on playstation plus um yeah i don't know man like minecraft i minecraft probably has like some crap that you can buy too like separate right like the bonus content i mean most games do now well minecraft is like a paid game now yeah like if you true. want it on xbox or something i think it's paid well, isn't it uh well yeah it used to be well free. no it's free on xbox maybe it's well, like 10 bucks on playstation or something and when minecraft started i think it used to be free yeah but no it's like 30 bucks dude for a copy of minecraft is it really yeah i'm pretty sure it's like 30 dollars as well like it's not I think it used to be free and you could buy cosmetics and do all that stuff like a gotcha type game. No, it is not a free game. <laughs> no, it is definitely not. Like I, I bought it actually on the, on the Wii U a long time ago because it had like Mario bonuses and stuff. It was definitely free when I got it. Yeah, well, it used to, like I said, it used to be free years ago. Like it was just a free game and you would just play it. Uh, and I think they had like cosmetics you can buy. But yeah, once Microsoft got their hands on it, they started charging for it. So, um. Yeah, overall, I mean, 30 bucks for this game. I don't know, dude. Like, I think I would have to play more of it and see more of those kind of like, you know, I, I want to say based on what I was exploring that you had the ability to buy skins and all these other things in there. So additional forms of income, of course, for this company. Um, I just don't know if it's worth 30 bucks, to be honest. Like, is this a I game think... I would go out of my way to buy? Probably not. Yeah, I think the way to look at this one is like this is definitely not a game that you just buy for you, most likely. You know, this is a game that's that the cost isn't $30. The cost is $30 per person. And how many people can you get into that? And how many people are you going to have a good time playing this with? Because obviously it's not like the games we usually talk about where like if you spent 30 bucks on it and you didn't really like it that much, you leave it on your shelf, you know, hey maybe one day it'll be worth something, but this is not that kind of case. So like really, you know, if this is something that you're going to be into, you probably already have a group of people and you're already looking for your next game to play together. That's the kind of game. This is, you know, a, or that's the kind of person this game is for. 
I, I think you'll know if you've got that group and this is going to be up your alley or, or maybe, you know, maybe people who aren't super into survival crafting games, but are into survival, like the play style, like, you know, this is very much like, you know, just shooting enemies exploring around gathering resources it's got all that stuff but without having to build a base and a house and cook bread and all and all that stuff so you could also go at this from like a light survivalist mechanic maybe well i guess my biggest thing or hold up here is like the look and feel of it is very much like that of a neverwinter or a warframe and those are free to play games where i could still log on and play with different people that i know mm. You know, like why, why, like that's the type of game that this well, is. Well, those aren't, sense. neither of those are first person shooters. Well, Warframe is kind of in that third person mode and, you know, I get but it. I mean, Never if Winter's you're not, a first person shooter, dude, like then play Apex. let's say you want, well, let's say you want something that's not competitive. You want like, like a fun co-op, like experience that's a little bit lighter. But can you get those games for free? Like if this wasn't on PlayStation Plus. Like right now, I would say, yeah, it's, you know, deflated, right? Because it's free on PlayStation Plus. But beyond PlayStation Plus, is this game worth $30? Are there other games that have the same type of format, like first person shooter and like resource I mean, building? Three million people thought it was worth 30 bucks. Well, are, what are they counting in here and how much of those sales are discounted? That's true. Steam sales happen all the time. So, you know what? Maybe maybe looking at this as $30 is the wrong way. Maybe we need to look at this as, hey, Steam's got sales all the time. If you can get this for less than 30 bucks, is it worth it? I mean, is it worth 10 bucks? Sure. It, okay. It, like, I would say it's worth like 10 bucks. Is it worth 30? No way. Okay. I, I really don't think so. Just given the breadth of games that are out there that have very similar formats, very similar like co-op type play styles online, you can play with a buddy and just like relax. I don't think this is worth it. I think there's many more things that you could go out there and play with a friend. If that's your goal to play with like one or two people and just have something to do, there's plenty of other games to do that for okay. uh, that. You're not going to be paying money like outright. And even if you, and it's more of, I want to pay money not, I have to pay money. So, but still, like I said, good game. If this is what you're looking for, um, free on PlayStation Plus, look out for a Steam sale. That would be my opinion. I would say at its $30 price point, it is certainly inflated. Uh, I'll go with inflated too. I mean, you can't beat free, so pick it up on PlayStation Plus this month. And then, yeah, if you see this on sale, I definitely think it's worth a look. Yeah, sounds good, man. Well, uh, hopefully next week we can get together in person. I for sure want to crack open 36 packs of magic with you. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, I know. And like it's dude to be able to just unload like a whole box and just bust it open. will be fun. Uh, And then, of course, we could play some games uh, next week for the podcast. Um, Not sure what we were thinking, but I mean, Mario Sports, maybe one to play the sports mix and see how that is. There we go. That'll so work. yeah, I guess we'll play that. You know, football season's coming to a close, so let's play some sports games. Sounds good. Sounds good to me, man. All right. Well, uh, this has been episode 166 of the Game of Players podcast. My name's John. I'm Ryan. And thanks for listening.